feds offer $5 million to help disrupt North Korean hackers, and important shifts in the U.S. regulatory landscape. These stories and more on this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Anna Delaney. The U.S. government is offering a reward of up to $5 million for information that helps it disrupt the illicit flow of funds to North Korea. Well, joining me to discuss is Matthew Schwartz, executive editor of Data Breach Today in Europe. Matt, what's on offer? So the U.S. government is making a pitch. If you can help the State Department disrupt North Korean hackers, it'll give you, as you said, up to $5 million as a reward. So what the State Department is offering is this money in exchange for information that leads to the disruption of financial mechanisms, its phrase, of persons engaged in activities that support North Korea, and specifically with its weapons programs. Now, that's a very broad sort of remit for a reward because North Korea uses all sorts of tricks and techniques to help fund not just the regime, but also its nuclear weapons program and its missile research program. And this includes money laundering, exporting luxury goods to North Korea, as well as cyber activity, and specifically various types of hack attacks. Is this the first time the US government has offered rewards to disrupt North Korean attackers? No, it's not the first time. So in April 2020, that was when the State Department first offered a reward also of up to $5 million for anything that pertained to illicit North Korean activities in cyberspace. Now that offer still stands, but it has been expanded to cover things like data breaches, destructive malware attacks, ransomware campaigns, and other extortion efforts and illegal online activities that trace back to North Korea. It's not just a cybersecurity thing either. It also has to do with anything involving weapons, I mentioned luxury goods before. They're also looking at North Korea selling coal or attempting to import petroleum products. So it's very broad. And it joins some other rewards that are already in effect as well. For example, last November, the State Department began offering up to $10 million for information leading to the arrest of two Iranians charged with interfering in the 2020 U.S. election. And in January, it also offered a similar amount, the same amount, for any foreign attackers who were targeting the US and specifically critical infrastructure. So it would be interesting to know if it's paid out any of this information to date. Obviously, it's a huge incentive, though, if there's anyone in or around North Korea who might want to rat somebody out in exchange for millions of dollars. This reward money seems to really highlight the ongoing risk caused by North Korea. Absolutely. The fact that they're willing to pay so much money just reinforces what a threat North Korea is. And look at North Korea, look at the size of the country. When it comes to the top four countries that Western intelligence officials regularly cite as posing the biggest threat to critical infrastructure, that includes the banking sector, they regularly cite Russia, typically number one, China, Iran, and North Korea. So this country is really punching above its weight. And that's highlighted by all of the cryptocurrency theft that continues to trace to North Korean hackers. That includes the theft of $620 million worth of cryptocurrency from the Ronin network, 
which is used by the Axie Infinity game. And the FBI has attributed that attack to North Korea. One attack, more than half a billion dollars. So you can see that North Korean hackers are extremely proficient these days at hitting targets that offer maximum financial takings. This is included in the past banks, for example, Bangladesh Bank being one of the best known, but certainly not the only successful target for North Korean hackers. And it continues to involve cryptocurrency exchanges, which, unlike so many banks, aren't particularly well secured often, as is demonstrated by the hundreds of millions of dollars, at least, that North Korean hackers and others have managed to steal from them. The FBI and the U.S. Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency have continued to sound the alert about North Korean hackers, Lazarus Group in particular. We just have gotten some alerts in the past week. The Treasury Department has been sanctioning cryptocurrency wallet addresses known to be used by Lazarus Group. So this is a known target. The U.S. government is attempting to disrupt these activities. But as the reward money demonstrates, these hackers also continue to be extremely effective. Matt, thank you very much for keeping us up to date with the latest on this story. Thanks, Anna. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. VMware's Tom Kellerman is out with a new report entitled Modern Bank Heists 5.0, which analyzes the attackers and attacks targeting financial services, as well as the increase in destructive attacks, ransomware, and hits on cryptocurrency exchanges. Our senior vice president of editorial, Tom Field, asked Kellerman how banks can improve their cyber defenses. Well, first and foremost, you've got to integrate your network detection response capabilities with your endpoint detection response capabilities, whether you're buying a platform like XTR or whether you're just integrating those two functionalities to get true ground truth and, and realistic situational awareness as to adversarial tactics, both on your network and your endpoint. Um, workload security is definitely a priority, especially workload security that can migrate between multi-clouds. API security is obviously a huge gap. Um, we saw in this report that application attacks are, are going through the roof. Uh, yes, we thought we had always solved that, um, but the OWASP top 10 is still alive and well and, and, and very viable in today's world. So application control and high enforcement is another priority. And expanding threat hunting, um, becoming you know more thoughtful and more holistic in how you expand threat hunting. It should include the C-levels endpoints. It should include the administrative assistance to the C-levels endpoints. It should include the, the O365 administrative rights environment. It should include Active Directory, and it should include your information supply chain, particularly the, the fintech vendors that you're partnering with. And finally, with new U.S. regulatory requirements and proposals coming just about every day, what are the important shifts to pay close attention to? Here's Lisa Soto, partner and chair of the Global Privacy and Cybersecurity Practice at Hunt and Andrews Kurth LLP, with an overview of what she describes as a tsunami of regulatory change, both in the cyber and privacy spheres. Things are changing truly at the speed of light. This administration really understands that cybersecurity is a deep, deep threat in every respect. So we saw most recently the Omnibus Appropriations Bill now has in it a requirement to notify. If you're critical infrastructure, you need to notify the government within uh, 72 hours of having reasonable belief that there's been a, an incident that requires reporting. You need to report in 24 hours if you've paid a ransom. So we now have the 72-hour reminiscent, of course, of Europe, 
reporting obligation to the government, along with a 24 hour uh, reporting obligation for ransomware payments. In addition to that, for banks, there is a new rule that as of May 1, banks are going to need to report certain incidents, substantial incidents, within 36 hours. And there are a couple of SEC proposals that are on the table. And the one that really is, I think, taking all public companies issuers by storm is the requirement that is not in place yet. It's still in draft form, but it's probably coming in some form or another that public companies disclose within four business days that they've had an issue. In addition to all of this, so we have all of that on the cyber side and then on the privacy side, uh, we now have four states with, with omnibus with comprehensive privacy laws. California started the trend, followed by Virginia, then Colorado, and now, and most recently, Utah. So there is this wave of regulation and we are struggling to keep up. And that's the U.S., of course, alone. And there's plenty happening overseas as well. That's it from the ISMG Security Report. The music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time.